Turn in your Bible to 1 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to talk today about the testings of God. Now, uh, a couple of things. I, last week, I didn't preach at all. I just shared just about three or four minutes. And, uh, and the, then six weeks before that, I was on the stool. So I've got a lot to say this morning. I think I can get it done. But uh, how many of you will be patient with me this morning? I don't know what time it is. I left my phone down there. Uh, but I've got a lot to say, but I think it's going to be good for us. So let's begin in First Peter chapter 1, verse 3 uh, through verse, oh gosh, uh, 7, I think. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope, through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Somebody say amen. To an inherent, you, you see, our hope is not a hope so, it's a confidence because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We've been born again to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Everyone that's glad you're going to heaven instead of hell, say hallelujah. It says, we are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Now catch verse 6, in this you greatly rejoice. He's talking about eternity with Christ. Though now for a little while, somebody say a little while. For a little while, if need be, catch this, you have been grieved, uh, everyone say grieved, you have been grieved by various trials. I'm going to read that verse again. In this you greatly rejoice, speaking of eternity with Christ and our inheritance incorruptible. He says, though now for a little while, if need be, you've been grieved, that is distressed by various trials. Now catch verse 7, that the genuineness of your faith, being more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tested, somebody say tested tested by fire, may be found to the praise and honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, who having not seen you love, though now you do not see him yet believing. Somebody say, I believe. You rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Uh, And everyone said, amen. Father, thank you today for the reading of your word. May it bring forth much fruit in our life and our families and in those we share this message with today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Now, when I was growing up, there was always a test. How many of you always, there's always a test. I mean, um, Robert's here, he, you know what? He's a helicopter pilot, but there were tests, correct? They just didn't say, you want to be a helicopter pilot? Get, have at it, buddy. You know, just go for it. Uh, Everybody, there's always a test. I remember just as a child, the spelling test used to just drive me, just scare me to death, you know. Uh, And and so I still, when I watch those spelling bees on TV, I get a little nervous. It's just me. Uh, The test. And as we grow up, we realize it doesn't matter where you go or what you do, there's going to be a test in any business or any work effort or schooling effort. There's always a test. And then when we get to our relationship with God, there are tests. God tests us. In fact, it says that here that our, the genuineness of your faith being more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire. How many of you have ever felt those flames licking around your heels? Well, God tests us. I think of two big examples in Scripture of the testings of God and, and people's lives. Two big, two big, everybody say huge. Everybody say magnanimous. 
magnanimous examples of, a, of God testing humanity or testing someone. Can anybody think of one early on, one big, huge test uh, that, that you remember in Scripture that God tested someone? Daniel in the lion's den. Anybody else? Ab- what? Abraham. When he, God said in Genesis 22, take your son, your only son and do what? Take him up on a mountain that I'll show you and I will offer him, we're going to offer him as a sacrifice. And it says in Genesis 22, I think it's Genesis 22. Let me check my notes. Genesis 22, one through 12, the first, I think the second verse. And it says, and God tested Abraham. Now that's a huge one. I've never been through that kind of a test where God said, I want you to give up your son, your only son. God tested Abraham. Can you think of another one? Uh, I, and this one is, is certainly uh, a test. Um, though the word test is not, here's one that I thought, how about Job? Man, now that was a test. In fact, God, li- listen, one thing you don't ever want God and the devil talking to each other about you. Just, we hope this was just unique to Job because God doesn't mind showing off in your life. And as we learned in Sunday circles, he'll use adversity to get glory. And the, he says, Hey, uh, he, and the devil said to, to God, well, Job, he's blessed. You've blessed him. You put a hedge around his life and, and, uh, I can't touch him. And God said, okay. Uh, or in fact, here's, here's what this will just give you the warm fuzzies. The devil and God are having a discussion. And God offers up Job. Gee, thanks the Lord. Have you considered my servant Job? You don't want God to say that to the devil about you. How many of you don't want to hear the Lord say, well, well, devil, have you considered my servant Cindy? You just don't want him saying that. Just don't say that. Right? Have you considered my servant Job? And, and so they have this convo and the Lord says, you can touch anything he has, but you can't touch him. And you know what Job said? He passed the, both of these guys passed these tests, which I'm telling you were were huge. Everybody say huge tests. They were big. They were huge tests. They were tests of fire. And and so we know that God tests us, and we know from Scripture, we know from examples that He tests us. Now, let me just divert just a little bit to sh- uh, kind of bring it uh, on a personal level for me and for our church. Uh, a number of weeks, even slash months ago, I received a prophetic word. I actually shared this in a letter I think I sent to you, a prophetic word from a friend uh, who uh, knew nothing about what was going on in my life and uh, and maybe what was going on in our church family when we're going through our, our sea, we're still in a season of testing, but he got, shared this prophetic word uh, uh, with me for us and for me. And it says this, fear not, says the Lord. Am I not the holy protector? Am I not your source and shelter? I am the one who has won your victory before your battle began, before you began your battle. Be patient and endure. Everyone say be patient and endure. Be patient and endure. And now catch this part. The test is not punishment, but an opportunity to see my miraculous power save and deliver you. Everybody say amen. Now that was a prophetic word from a friend of mine. He wrote it down. He gave it to me. Uh, how many of you know, to be prophetic, you don't have to stand up in front of the church and go, thus saith the Lord, hallelujah. 
That's what some people feel like. Hey, you can be prophetic just by looking at someone and say, let me just tell you what I believe God's saying to me about you. Or you can write it down. And he wrote it down. I'm glad he wrote it down because I've been, I've been meditating on it. In fact, this message today in part was inspired by this phrase, the test is not punishment, but an opportunity to see my miraculous power save and deliver you. How many of you can reach out and say, I'll take that as a thus saith the Lord. Amen. So there's always a test. God tests us. Now, I said this this morning in our, I don't know if y'all got up in time to see Breakfast with Champions this morning. Anybody watch Breakfast with Champions? Nobody? Uh, Hey, if you didn't watch, you know what? There's over a hundred other people watch me. Did you know that? I minister to more people in five minutes by just a little video than I do here on Sunday mornings with you most of the time. And, and people, I had China t- chiming in this morning and Mexico chimed in this morning. I'm telling you, that, that just blesses me to be able to make a difference in three or four minutes. And I said this, uh, the purpose for the testings by and large, and I think this will hold water. I think this will hold water better than this cup right here holds water. I think this, this is the purpose for the testings of God in your life. They here they are. They've been designed by God to determine if you will trust him as well as determine if he can trust you or trust us. Let's read that together. These testings of God, they're designed by God to determine if we will trust him as well as determine if he can trust us. It's a trust. The testings are testings of trust. Can he trust you? Are you trustworthy? Will you trust God in the question marks of life? When the, when the Job test comes or when the Abraham test comes, will you trust him? There's testing. And they're testings designed by God to see if we're going to trust him and if he can trust us. Listen, God wants to trust you with more. He wants to trust you uh, with, with what he has for you to accomplish. And so that's why the tests are here. And what I've learned about the test, you know what I've learned about the test and probably continue to learn that, that if God is testing us, it's not just for the here and now, it's for tomorrow. Now, I don't want to scare anybody. I don't want to get you a nerve. But whatever test you're going through today, it's for something to prepare you for a tomorrow. How many of you know when you go to another level, there's a different devil? And the further we go in life, there's tests. And in fact, throughout life, there's tests to see if God can trust us and if we're going to trust God. And if we're going to trust God, he can trust us. Did you know if you trust God, he can trust you? Look at your neighbor and say, if you learn to trust God, he can trust you. Tell somebody, if you learn to trust God, then he can trust you. That's the purpose for the testings of God. Let me just pause right here. Let's do a little, let's do a little survey. How many of you already know what I'm talking about when I talk about the testings of God? You, your personal experience, you got some personal experience here. Okay. You got personal experience. We all got personal experience. Uh, if you don't have personal experience with the testings of God, uh, we need you to uh, lead us because, man, you've arrived. Uh, Now, so that's the purpose, the primary purpose. And I think that'll hold water in any test ultimately. But hey, how many of you know there's there's a plurality of testings? In other words, they're numerous, they're different types. There's all kinds of testings and ways and means that God tests us. 
Let me share some with you quickly this morning. The plurality of the testings of God. Here's one. It's the test of time. How many of you know God doesn't have a, t- a-, a clock like you? How many of you know his timing is not your timing? In fact, God sometimes takes some real time. If you were to go to Deuteronomy chapter 8, and I would encourage you to write this down. Deuteronomy 8, 1 through 5, somewhere in there. uh, It basically says this, that God let the children of Israel wander, catch this, wander through the wilderness for how many years? Now, how many of you know it was about a 40-day journey rather than a 40-year journey? He allowed them to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. And basically what he says in Deuteronomy 8, the first few verses, and it was, it was all a test to see if they would obey him and honor him. 40 years. How many of you, that's a long test. And how many of you know the old guard of that, uh, of the, of the Israelites, of the Jews, they failed the test. In fact, did you know all the old guard died in the wilderness because they failed the test and the new, anybody, no one, did you know there was not other than maybe Joshua and Caleb, no one, as far as men, I, if I get my, my facts exactly right, uh, maybe just the men, but nobody older than 40 years old went into the, they all died out. Just Joshua and Caleb and Moses, I want to say Moses. And he didn't even go, right? Okay, so time is a test. In fact, when you read James 1, there's a great, it it talks about count it all joy, brethren, when you fall under all kinds of different trials or tests. It says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? Patience or endurance. Someone say endurance. That word endurance means, uh, um, I think it means this cheerful delight. That in the middle of this test of time, you just somehow got it figured out. Hey, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to be happy, happy, happy. Somebody say happy, happy, happy. I'm just going to be cheerful in all weathers because I know God's up to something. It's just a test. Tell somebody it's just a test. And so when things don't work out on your timetable, listen, I've had people all the time, when things don't work out on their timetable, they start blaming God. They start to get blaming themselves, blaming somebody. Uh, and, and you need to understand something that God doesn't look at time like you look at time. And just because it went past your timetable doesn't mean it went past God's timetable. And we've got to understand that sometimes when time keeps rocking on and our prayers aren't answers or things don't seem to change, we need to realize how finite and minuscule things really are in the eyes of God and just look and smile and go, it's okay, I'm going to count it all joy. It's just a test. Look at your neighbor and smile and say, it's just a test. Most of us don't know how to smile during the midst of test unless we have the cheat sheet. It's the test of time. Number two, here's a test that God tests us with. It's the test of treasure. The blessings of God in our life. And there's two types of tests. I've been pondering this. It's treasure gained. You know, when God blesses us with treasure gained, did you know my, by and large, when he blesses us, it's not because we're the sharpest knife in the drawer. It's not because we're just such savvy businessmen or God loves us more than anybody else. It could just be a test of how you're going to handle the blessings of God. Because none of it really belongs to us anyway, does it? How many of you know all the blessings and all the treasure belong to God? 
In fact, is that a, let me, Exodus 16. Exodus 16, it's when he gave them manna. Everybody say manna. It was, it was supernatural provision. Now, it wasn't exactly what they were looking for, maybe for a temporary amount of time. Uh, but uh, for 40 years, they had manna. Every day they got up and there was manna. And there were guidelines and ways. You'd, you had to, on the, on the day before the day of rest, you had to gather enough for two days. And there were guidelines and directions. And, and Exodus 16 says, I'm going to give you this blessing, but it's a test. To see if you handle it correctly. And treasure gained is a test. But here's the other side of treasure. How about treasure lost? Think about Job. He lost it all. It was only a... Come on, y'all. Hello. Job lost it all. It was only a... It was just a test because if you read the end of Job, whoo, man, if you read through all of Job, uh, you got to get to the end because the end, it finally turns around. It's pretty, it's pretty rough reading from chapter one all the way to the end of the chapter. In fact, there's a chapter before the last chapter that talks about the Leviathan and you're going, what does that mean? But when you get to the last little bit and it says, Job prayed for his friends. He didn't ever lose faith. And it says God blessed him and gave it all back and more. And I love the last verse, the last verse or two. He said he lived a long time, I think 150 years with family and friends. He just lived the blessed life. Uh, and, and Abraham and Job passed the test. In fact, they passed the test of treasure lost. Abraham was willing to lay his son, his really uh, the apple of his eye. Treasure, whether we gain it or lose it, is a test to see how we're going to handle it. In fact, today, if you go home and you find $100 on your front porch, it's a test. Because God wants you to be faithful with that $100 or with that $1 or with the, the, the paycheck you get on Friday. It's all a test because it all belongs to him and he gives it and we are good to be good stewards of the treasure. Here's another test that all of us go through probably every day of our life. It's the test of terror, of fears in our life. How many have ever been tested by fear? You look at things just scare the, would G be, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? How are we going to handle this? I don't know how we're going to handle this. I don't know. That's a test. You need to understand when you're faced with things. In fact, the Bible says, don't be afraid of sudden fear. It's just a test. Did, did you know Bible scholars bigger and better and smarter than me have figured out that by and large, the, the phrase fear not or something there close thereunto, there are 365 fear nots in scripture. Meaning that every day of your life, you, you could pick a new fear not. Because the, the fears of our life, they're just a test. I think of some illustrations in Scripture. Exodus 14 and 2 Chronicles 20. God shows up in two different ways in the middle of their overwhelming, fearful circumstances. The, uh, the Egyptians were about to be overrun. Pardon me. The, the Israelites were about to be overrun by the Egyptians backed up against the red what? And God shows up and speaks to them through their fearless leader and says, fear not, stand still and see the salvation of God. How many of you know that would be a test? 
Here we are. We're just, we're fresh out of Egyptian bondage. We're just kind of, you know, we're so, we're pretty pumped up here. We've been, have, we've been in Egypt for, for a whole long time. And now we're on the verge of, of liberty. And here they come up against us. It would be a chance to fear. And God speaks to them and says, fear not. Stand still. Don't move. Don't react. And just see what I'll do. Man, that was a test. Am I going to bolt and run or am I going to stand my ground? Second Chronicles 20. Is that 20? Yeah. Second Chronicles 20 is Jehoshaphat. It's the same kind of thing. They woke up and they were surrounded by enemy and Jehoshaphat feared. They all feared. But Jehoshaphat got a hold of faith. He got a hold of the word of the Lord. He got a hold of the prophetic unction. Uh, and the word of the Lord said, position yourselves, stand still and see the salvation of God, which I'll work for you today. For these people, well, I'm going back. I'm blending them too. Uh, you go back to Exodus. These Egyptians you see today, you'll see them no more forever. I blended two stories. How about that? Both of them work together. Listen, you're, the opportunity for you to, you to fear is just a test of your faith. Look at your neighbor or two and say, fear not. It's a test. See, there's all kinds of tests. Here's one that's kind of broad, but I think it works for us. It's the test of trouble. How many of you have ever been through a little trouble in life? That just trouble, man, there's trouble times. We live in trouble times. Turn to First Thessalonians chapter 2. Let me show you this right here. Paul the apostle said this concerning the trouble of our life. He said in chapter 2 of First Thess, verse 1, he said, For you yourselves know, brethren, that our coming to you was not in vain. But even after we had suffered, there's some trouble. Before and were spitefully treated, there's trouble. At Philippi, as you know, we were bold in our God to speak to you the gospel of God in much what? Now, these guys are going through trouble. Wait a minute, I'm a Christian. Christians are not supposed to have trouble. Listen, I never really ran into trouble till I became a Christian. Hello, trouble. I mean, it just seemed like trouble, trouble, trouble. And let me tell you something, the trouble of this life. In fact, Jesus gave us a promise. How many of you love to appreciate the promises of God? All the promises of God are yes and amen. Here's a promise. I think it's John. I'm going to just throw it off. John 6. I'm, I may butcher this. He says, here's a promise. In the world, you'll have trouble. It's a promise. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. In fact, that word trouble or tribulation at King James, it, it really means pressure. In the world, you're going to have pressures. You're going to have troubles. You're going to have tribulations. There's, everything's not going to come up roses. Everything's not going to be peaches and cream and apple pie and Chevrolet until Jesus comes. There's going, there is trouble all around us. And Paul said, man, we've been through trouble, 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 adversity, people coming against us. Uh, uh, and there's been much conflict. He said, but listen, understand something. He's, but even after we suffered, he said this in verse 3, For our exhortation did not come from error, uncleanness, nor was it in deceit, but as we have been approved. Look at verse 4. We have been approved. That word approved means tested and come through the, the fire with an A+. Plus. We have been tested by God to be entrusted with the gospel. Did you get that? Did you get that? He said, well, I'm going to this trouble is to test you so I can trust you. This, everybody said this trouble is to test us so he can trust us. What does he want to trust us with? The gospel, the good news, the miracle of salvation. 
Trouble is a test by God. And we need to look at the trouble we go through, not as, man, I'm too... <laughs> you ever had one of those? I've actually had some of those as, a, as an adult. <laughs> You ever got the quivery lip with God? <laughs> trouble. It's a test to see if God can trust us with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Trouble's a test. Here's one temptation. Look in James chapter 1. God uses temptation, but let me tell you something. God tempts, how many of you know the scripture says in James 1, God doesn't tempt anybody. But he will use temptation that the devil, he allows the devil to tempt us. And it is, in fact, a, everybody say test. In fact, we, I quoted you the beginning, count it all joy, brethren, when you fall into different trials and tests, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But look down, verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been what? Approved or tested. He will receive, in other words, he passes the test. He will be, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who loved him. But let no man say, when he's tempted, I'm tempted by God, for God cannot tempt, be tempted God can, cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. And so he, he's saying temptation is the devil, but the one who goes through temptation and is victorious over that, he passes the test. The devil's not out to test you. He's out to, to, to steal, kill, and destroy. God uses the enemy's influence in our life to test us. It's temptation. And when we pass the test, guess what? The Bible says we'll come to before God and he will bless us with eternal reward. Somebody say amen. Let me say one more and it's kind of broad, but it's a T word and I thought I liked it. How about temperature? God tests us with high temperatures. In fact, if you go back to First Peter uh, chapter 1, what did he say? The, you're, you're, it's the test of fire, the fiery trials, the fire when things get heated up in your life. And, you know... Uh, uh, a little different illustration, but you know that little eaglet's in the nest. You know what? You know what the mama eagle does to get that that little baby eaglet to start flying? He starts testing. He she starts in a sense heating it up underneath this little eaglet, and the, the nest gets less comfortable. Finally, if the little eaglet doesn't, uh, you know, jump out on its own, mama will just oh, let me bless your heart. She kicks it right out of the nest. And teaches the little eaglet to fly. Uh, and you know what? The heat. God heats things up in our life. Uh, in fact, 1 Corinthians 3 talks about uh, this, this where things are tested by fire. To see if they're of wood, hay, or stubble, or silver and gold, or a precious commodity that, that withstands the test of fire. If things are heating up around your house, and there's things are not all, you know, whoo, golly, man, I am so, un this is, it's a test. There's all kinds of tests. But they're designed by God to teach you to trust Him. And to see if he can trust you. Because if he can teach you to trust him, he can trust you. Amen. How many of you want to pass the test? I'm going to give you three simple thoughts. Though there's a probably a gazillion. Passing the testings of God. Number one, preparation. 
How many of you know if you're going to have a test at school? Anybody still in school here? Any school, any college students, any high school students? Any, uh, hey, you're in school. There's always a test. And, and you know what? You either pass or, in fact, in college, there, there's not a lot of mercy. If you're not prepared, you're going to fail the test. It's the same way with the tests of God. You and I need to understand that tests are coming. Tests are not optional. You can't, there's no option with the test. Tests are not optional. You can't just say, well, pardon me, but uh, I didn't like how the elections turned out. Can you give me a pass? That's just my little gentle, funny. There's always preparation. Here's what, here's what Paul told Timothy, 2 Timothy 2.15. Catch it. Listen. You with me? Here we go. Paul tells Timothy, son in the faith, study. Everybody say it slowly with me. Study. Here's what he said. Study to show yourself up. Proved, oh, tested unto God. If you don't, you don't study, you will not pass the test. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed. Handling accurately the word of truth, you got to be prepared for the test. Everybody say study. You got to be prepared. You got to know some things. In fact, if you don't know anything and the test comes, it's just like shooting in the dark. It's like, oh God, uh, multiple choice. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Hey, listen, that's, that's not how you make it through life. That's not how you pass the test. It's through knowledge and knowing, and not just head knowledge, but heart knowledge, know-how. But let me say, there's some head knowledge. It's all knowledge. Listen, my people are destroyed for a lack of what? Knowledge. There's some things we need to know. And oh gosh, I could give you an OMG series right here. But let me just throw out a few. Paul said to Timothy in the beginning of that letter, he said, let me tell you something I know. If you want to know some things, if you want to pass these tests, let me tell you some things. I know whom I've believed in, and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against the de- that day. That's, that's what I know. I'm prepared with some knowledge here. I don't know about him. I don't, I've not just heard about him. I know whom I've believed in. Oh my God, where's the stool? I'm getting out of hand here, Rebecca. Help me. Woo. There's something there, there. I know something. I know whom I believed in. And because of what I know, I'm fully persuaded that he's able to keep. In other words, I can trust him. <laughs> you got to be prepared with some of this stuff. If you go back to James, James said, Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Catch this. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, calm, cheerful, patient, endurance. If you know that, it's a whole lot of things we need to know. Amen. It's being prepared. And when the tests come, 
and they would, and they do. Well, I, well, I'm, here's the test. I know some things, and therefore, because I know some things, I can trust God in this circumstance. Amen. Preparation. Everybody say preparation. Here's another one: position. You got to be in right positioning with God. Remember, remember the the two illustrations I gave you about fear in Exodus and then in in Second Chronicles. Both times the Lord says, "Position yourself, stand still, take position, and see the salvation of the Lord." Don't get out of position. Let me just, and again, you know, uh, uh, this is this is a huge topic, but from the sake of this context this morning and passing the test, if you stay in right position, you'll you'll find that you can pass the test. You got to stay positioned in faith, that and that's the test that where it's the test of faith. You got to be positioned in faith. Here's the thing about Abraham. Everyone say, what about Abraham? Let me tell you about Abraham. When he went up on the mountain, we see no wavering. When he took his son, we see no wavering. We see no doubting. We see no, we just, it's just not there. He raises the knife and for goodness sake, he was going to kill his own son. But if you read over in Hebrews 11, you'll find out why. Because it says Abraham believed God. Read in Hebrews 11. You get down to about midway through the faith chapter. It says he believed. This is what he believed because he knew some things. You see, because of what he knew, he he had faith. He knew that uh, that Isaac was the was God's provision uh, for the future of of Israel. He knew that God hadn't changed his mind. God had not backed away from what he said. He knew what God had said. He knew that Isaac was God's promised son, and that he was God's way, and that his seed was going to be as the sand of the sea. God knew all of that. And and God said all that. Abraham believed all that. And here's what it says in Hebrews 11. He knew that if he actually put the knife in his son's chest and sacrificed him, he knew that God would raise him from the dead. He stayed there trusting God. If you go back to First Peter, it concerning that fiery test, it says this. Let me go over there quickly. It says this about those testings. If I can get there, James, Peter. It says this. Though you're tested by fire, you might be found to praise and honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom, now catch this, whom having not seen... You do what? Yet believing. Even though in the middle of your test you don't see him showing up, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. You got to have this test. You got to pass the test. You got to stay positioned in faith. I shall not be. I shall not be moved. I shall not be. I shall not be moved. I'll be like a tree planted by rivers of water. I'm not going to knock. You, you can't knock me off my trust in God. You got to keep your position and you'll pass the test. And in the middle of the what ifs of life, the question marks. You know, when you get a question mark, that's just a good place to have faith. 
It's not a good, a question mark for the Christian, a question mark for the Christian is not an opportunity to, uh, uh, well, it is an opportunity to doubt. It's not a, uh, you know, a free card. Oh, I got a question mark, so therefore I can doubt. No, I have a question mark, therefore I must have faith. Are you with me? You got to stay positioned in faith. Number two, you got to stay positioned. You got to keep the joy of the Lord working in your life. You got to stay happy. You got to keep smiling through it all. I'm telling you, I love, I just love to be happy. How many of you don't like to be sad? You know, how many of you know joy is a choice? It's not something that just comes upon you. It's something that you can grow in by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is what I love about James. Count it all joy, brethren. Everybody say, count it all joy. Come on, everybody say, count it all joy. Count it all joy, brethren, when you fall into various trials and tribulations. How many of the last time you came through a big trial, you went, whoo, man, this gives me the joy. I get the goosebumps just thinking about it. But when you understand the end, now count it all joy, brethren, when you fall into various trials and tribulations, knowing that the testing of your faith has uh, produces endurance, and let endurance or patience have its perfect result or perfect conclusion that you may be perfect. Catch, catch this, because there's all, God always has your best interest at heart. But that you may come to the place where uh, you, He blesses you in every way. I started quoting it, then I got off. Here, let me show it to you. He said, "Count it all joy, brethren, when you fall into various trials and tribulations." He said, uh, he said, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in no thing. I like that part. But there's a test. You got to keep it. You got to stay strong in your faith, in your joy. And here's another one, in praise and worship. You just got to keep praising him. And all these words are connected together. But I love what Job said in Job 1.21. Job said to the Lord, he said, Naked uh, came I into my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord has given, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Everybody say, blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm going to keep trusting him. I'm going to stay happy and joyful in all weathers. And I'm going to praise him. Let's practice. Lift up your hands and say, I'm going to praise him. Come on. Come on, everybody. Lift your hands. I'm going to praise him. Some of you, I'm going to praise him. Everybody say, I'm going to praise him. I'm not going to praise him. I'm going to pray. I'm going to give him all the praise. Man, y'all are doing pretty good. I might get you to dancing here in a minute. That's how you pass the test. You pass the test by preparation, by staying in position. And here's number three, and it won't take long, proclamation. By what comes out of your mouth. I'm telling you, what comes out of your mouth is huge when it comes to passing the test. If you, if you have, uh, if you believe it in your heart, the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you're, if you're bowing down to fear and intimidation and trouble and, and trial and the temperature and, and all kinds of problems in your life, uh, what's going to come out of your mouth is not going to be good. But if you'll stay in faith, you can, I love what Job said. I love what Job said. Man, Job's my hero. He said this in Job 13, 15. He said this, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. 
Somebody say, even if he slays me, I'm going to trust him. Listen, in the face of your adversity, I don't know what it is, but you need to begin to realize out of your mouth comes blessings and cursings. And, 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 and we ought to bless the Lord and we ought to bless our circumstances and be able to say like Job said, who was in the pits of despair. And he said, though he slay me, yet I'm going to trust him. He said it out loud. Somebody say, say it out loud. I love David. Psalm 91, it's a great psalm. We can read a lot of it, but this verse, David said this. He said this concerning what came. He said, I will say of the Lord. I'm going to say it out loud. He is my fortress, my refuge. I'm going to just declare it. I'm going to declare my faith. I'm going to stand strong and I'm going to pass this test. I'm not going to flunk. I'm not going to fail. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to stand up and, and take my position in faith. I'm going to take my position in joy. I'm just so happy because God's going to bring it about where I lack nothing in life. He's going to take good care of me and I'm just going to tell everybody. Whew. And everybody said, amen. Oh, there's always a test. He's teaching us to trust him so he can trust us. Let's stand up together. Lord Jesus, today, we embrace the testings of God in our life. Lord, we're not going to curse the test. Somebody here has been cursing the test. You've been in denial of the test. You've been blaming God and others. Listen, family's not your problem. Come on. It's just a test. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you're in right smack dab in the middle of a big, audacious, magnanimous test, lift your hand wherever you are, all over this room. We have the opportunity, you can put your hands back down, to pass these tests by what we say with our mouth, by where we position ourselves and how we prepare our hearts and lives. If you're not prepared, if you're not studied up, if you hadn't taken your stand in faith and joy and praise, those are some things you better start working on ASAP. Because just because you're not ready doesn't mean God won't let the test continue. Got to be preparation. There's got to be right positioning. There's got to be proclamation. Father, today we thank you for who you are. And Lord, we boldly declare that though you slay us, we're going to trust you. We're going to trust God through the trials, the troubles, the testing, the temptations, the turmoils of life. We embrace you. We embrace our future. You're just testing us so you can trust us. Lord, may, be, may we be trustworthy. Make that your prayer today. May we be trustworthy.
with all that you have endeavored to entrust us with, especially the gospel. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen.